The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live with the one and only Mike Logan, who is excited because jokes on you live at the listening room is right around the corner. It's another brain uh, from your brain. Mike, take me through it. What's going on here? Yeah, jokes on you, man. It's actually a collective brain this time. I know normally I'm always on here like, I got this great idea. This one was a group effort. It's like, um, it's five of literally the best headliners in the state of Michigan. You kind of got to think of it like the Kings of Comedy style. So it's, you got me, you've got Mike Jeter, Ricardo Williams Winston, um, Cam Bigfellow Rowe, and Robert Jenkins. And we have been, you know, all doing comedy for the good part of the decade now. And we've always talked about like three of us have done a show together or two of us have done a show together. But we're always like, man, wouldn't it just be dope? to just do all of us together. And so we actually did it in a theater in Jackson, Michigan, back in April. It was a huge hit, sold a ton of tickets, bunch of people came, everybody had a great time. So now we've got a bunch of these lined up, starting right here in Grand Rapids on October 3rd at the listening room. So this is, you know, you hear about collective shows happening from time to time, you know, people joining forces and doing stuff like this. And I think that people like the bang for their buck type of idea, getting a lot of talent, um, on one stage. So I think that that's kind of where it's at right now. Yeah. And we like it because I mean, so it's, if you look at the poster, it's obviously five black men, but the thing is we all have such drastically different life experiences that all of our comedy is like a completely different style of comedy. So, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. You got one guy who's like self-proclaimed blurred who was raised by a rich family in Muskegon. And like he talks about struggles of like his life and he's got two kids and like, you know, and baby I, mama hey, that's, and that's for Carlo, right? Yeah. That's for Carlo. I, yeah. I, <laughs> but then you've got like, you've got like Mike Jeter, who's just this big teddy bear from Pontiac, Michigan, who was like literally Santa Claus in the OnStar commercials last year. <laughs> So you've got this guy and his whole thing is he's a family man. He's a very jolly fellow who ha, 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 laughs like this. Uh, and I, I make sure to talk to him like that whenever I talk to him, because I'm a very respectful guy. <laughs> but, and then you've got, you know, you got Cam Bigfellow Rowe, who was like on, it was Green Mile on Storage Wars. And so like, you've got Robert Jenkins, who by day is a lawyer, but also uh, has, you know, his membership to the gun range. So it's like, <laughs> there's all these different personalities. And of course there's me, who's just, you know, Oh well, yeah, Whatever. you're basically you're basically a white guy. Oh jeez. What <laughs> I feel I feel like uh I, I'm more of like Larry Bird, very clear mentality. <laughs> it's like uh, one of those people who can just be a chameleon and blend in places. 
Um, is that, um, you know, I, I, I see you on Facebook and you're, you know, with, with the new things that you're doing, um, uh, you know, I, it's, it's kind of like you've, you've got your, your, your hands in all sorts of different things at one time. And, and more and more people are learning about the, about your efforts and just kind of like the, uh, differentiating things that you're involved in. Take, take me through it. How, how do you keep all this straight, Mike? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I've got a really well-organized calendar. <laughs> like that's the only way I do it. Um, but I mean, you know, as a, I'm a producer for don't tell comedy, which is a national brand of secret pop-up shows. Um, you know, you've got the jokes on you tour. I do my own shows obviously, but then I've also kind of ventured off into a producing a lot of other kind of content. Um, like I've done, I have a consulting firm called we are media. And through that firm, we've done like community listening events at, um, dwelling place type apartments. We've done, um, large scale, uh, sorry, large scale, um, product, uh, investment pitch stuff for like local businesses. So like, I kind of just branched off into this thing where I'm like, just kind of doing whatever I want to do. And luckily all those things tend to make me money. So it's not that hard to keep it balanced when it's just like a bunch of stuff I'm really passionate about. I've seen a lot of things on TikTok and other social media. People are producing one minute comedy shorts, a lot of heavily yeah. edited, funny, um, another creative outlet for people who do what you do. Um, we've got a passion for this. Have you, have you, uh, focused on that at all or thought about that? Right. Writing those types of, um, uh, things to create. You know, I've kind of been tackling with this since TikTok started. Like if you look at my, I do have a TikTok. I haven't used it in about like a year and a half or something like that. Um, I'm not a big fan of short form content like that. Like it's going to, I'm going to sound like an old man, but like, I feel like comedy sometimes needs room to breathe. And this like really digestible comedy that's really popular right now of like, you know, 30 seconds or one minute clips. It's, I think it's fine as like a time waster, right. but to think that it's going to be the future, especially on a platform like TikTok specifically, like there's no money in TikTok unless you've got a million subscribers. Like that's the only way you can make any kind of money off of that platform. So if you're trying to use it as an avenue to actually pursue comedy, it's borderline impossible. You'll definitely get, you know, you can have hundred thousand followers on TikTok, but if you get on a comedy club stage, you can't tell a joke for five minutes. You're not getting paid. Right. So I think, yeah, I think that if you can use it, if you have the time and the ability to create and use it as a tool to promote what you're doing. Yeah. But then again, who the hell has time for that? You know, uh, that's so the thing. I mean, I did a show, I'm not going to name this person because they are a very popular online person, but I did a show with a popular Redditor one time who's really famous in the Reddit uh, community called stand-up shots, which are like, you've seen the little memes of a comedian will have the text of what they're saying next to it. Yep. He's very good at that. Like his stand-up shots, every time he puts them, they get like 10,000 likes and like, he's very popular. So I, I got to, I got the chance to open for him in a comedy club. And we're in the green room before the show starts. And he looks at me. And at that point, I've been doing comedy about seven years. And he had been doing stand-up shots for about one, stand-up comedy for about three. So he's the headliner. And we're in the green room. And he says to me, listen, um, I'm really new to this, like the actual stand-up stuff. So, like, I don't know if, like, it's going to go great tonight. If it doesn't, like, just make sure the second show, can you make sure to just really bring it? And, like, where I'm just like, I'm sitting there and it's annoying to me because yeah. one, I'm getting paid less than this guy. I'm less time 
him and I'm gonna have better comedy because I'm actually a stand-up comedian. Not that this guy isn't a stand-up comedian, but he sold out the show based off of his stand-up shots. And when he went out okay. there, he did well, but a lot of it was like inside jokes for like his followers kind of okay. stuff. Not like yeah. broad stories. Comedy, yeah, which, no, you're right. You got you got to talk down to those guys. You know, take the money <laughs> and let them have. It. In fact, you should have told that story on the stage. All right, coming up in just a few minutes. You won't believe the conversation I had with this guy. <laughs> it's one of those. It's kind of that weird thing of like, I never want to be that grumpy, that old man shaking his fist at the sky. But like, when you're, uh, I, I don't want to hate on anybody who pursues their passion. Like, if you're a TikToker. You're very good at TikTok. Congratulations. That's cool for you. But my problem comes when it's like, it's when worlds collide. It's like when I have to do a stand-up show with somebody who's only famous for 30 second clips. And then I got to watch them, you know, eat shit for like the entire entire hour, 45 minutes. And they come in the green room and they're like, oh, I know what happened. And I was like, well, you're not a comedian. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Um, you know, I've, I've heard so many people talking about uh, bombing and comedy. In fact, I talked to my old pal Ben once a week and every other time I talk to him, he's talking about the most horrible thing. It just, it makes my skin crawl when I hear about him telling jokes and then it's, the audience is not buying it even one little bit. And yeah. I, I'm like, I'm like, I, you must have nerves of steel. How, how, how do you keep doing this? You must be the most strong people on the planet to endure the such humiliation. You in particular, Ben, and then you still come back for more. What's going on there. Can you take me into the mind of a comic who takes that type of beating, but still comes mm. back? Okay. I'm going to say this without sounding insulting at all. All right. Okay. I don't take a lot of beatings on stage. <laughs> good. Oh, good. So, I keep coming back because I love the rewarding feeling of making an entire room full of people laugh. What I will speak to, though, is I have outright bombed. We, everybody has. Um, I don't have a bunch of stories about it because if I start to feel the bomb coming on, I will change direction. Like, I'm not one of those comics who's going to force comedy down a crowd's throat and be like, you don't, like, you don't know what's funny. I'm going to tell you what's funny right now. And it's like, no, they're telling us if it's funny. And if it's not, you got to change direction. Okay. The only time... I ever will say that I definitely did bomb was in Roseville, Michigan. I went out and did a show. It was a new show. It had been the second week. This guy emails me, says, I need to get you out here for the show. Oh, you got to come out here. And I'm like, okay, sweet. We did it last month. We had 300 people here. And I'm like, awesome. If the money's right, I'll go. Okay. So I bring my friend, Michael Bustler, is a local Grand Rapids comic. I bring him with me to open for me. And he was excited because he, he didn't get to travel that much at that time. And so we get there and the place is packed. 300 people. I'm like, this is dope. But when you do comedy long enough, you can walk into a room and tell if anybody there is actually there to see comedy. And so I walk in, I look around, and I see a bunch of families. Everybody's eating dinner. The show starts in 20 minutes. People are ordering their food. It's like a big pizza place, but it's like not wide. It's like it's deep. So it's like one of those places where the stage is at the front of the place, and the last person, the 300th person, is a football field away. Oh, God. 
long. Okay. So I go to the booker and I'm like, hey, um, do they know there's a comedy show happening? And he says, well, there's a banner up there. And I said, have you announced on the microphone that there's going to be a comedy show here? And he says, well, you know, I think they know. And I said, I look at it and I'm like, you're going up there right now and you're telling them there's going to be a comedy show. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. So he goes up there, he makes the announcement and I start hearing everybody, whoa, what on? I'm just like, this <laughs> <laughs> So I look at Buster and I'm like, all right, listen, this is going to be terrible. All right. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be bad. Just keep your head down, get through the show. Yeah. You'll be fine. He's like, okay. He went up, he did 15 minutes and it was, he got wrecked. I mean, people not only didn't want to hear what he had to say, one woman actively told him to kill himself. Oh, <laughs> no. You see, like, that's what I'm talking it, about. Well, so then I go on stage, right? And I yeah. love the mindset. I can save any crowd. That's my mindset. I never go on stage thinking I'm not going to be able to get this crowd okay. going. All right. And so I start talking, and I open with a closer. Because I'm like, all right, I got to flip some stuff around. I open with my closing joke. I immediately get the first 50 people that are paying attention finally. I'm like, all right, I got them. The rest will fall in line. Five minutes go on. Nobody else is paying attention. Five more minutes. Nobody else is paying attention. Then the woman who was yelling at the opener, Michael, starts yelling at me. She also has a broken leg. Like, she's got a cast on and a cane. And I look at her, and she starts to say something. And I look at her, and I go, I just watched you tear apart my man for 20 minutes. And I've got to make one assumption about you. And that's that you talk so much shit that somebody intentionally broke your fucking leg. And if you don't <laughs> shut up, I will come down there and break your other leg. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> The people paying attention, yeah, yeah. But still, the other 250 could not care less what's happening. I get 20 minutes into my set, and I finally, one woman in the middle of the room yells something at me. She's she not even paying attention to the whole show, but just yells something up at me. And I look at her, and I look at the crowd. I still got 25 minutes left I'm supposed to do. I look at the crowd, and I just go, you know what? I'm sorry to the 50 people who are paying attention, but I am not going to do this. Like, I was oh, like, yes. And I was like, you have like you've been a piece of shit. Like, you know, these people have been doing this. I just went off on them. And I started why you know, I get my applause from the 50 people who are paying attention. Yeah. No. So then I put the mic on and I am now prepared to not get paid for the show. Like I'm walking the back and I'm like, oh, this is it. I'm cutting my losses and we're getting the fuck out of here. So I go back there. The booker has got a pile of chicken bones in front of him. And he's licking his fingers clean of chicken wings. Has not washed anything. Come back and he just goes, oh. Oh, you're done already? Let me get your checks. Grabs our checks, hands oh. to me, and I just look at Buster, and I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, yeah. let's go. It's, it's like that scene in the Blues Brothers when they when they left the country bar. Oh, my Straight God. Up. That's what it was. We went, we went to the bar across the street, had some beers, and commiserated. And that, to this day, I don't know if I'll ever. I've mean, had things happen during shows. You know, a heckler, something bad. I've never once. That's the only time my career okay. where I was just like, I love is, that. So you're into damage control at points. If that, if it does rear its ugly head, you got to learn, okay, I'm going to go in the other direction. That's good to yeah. know. I need Ben to know that because that dumbass, when he <laughs> starts bombing, he's like pouring gas on the fire. It's like, you gotta, you gotta do something, man. Listen to Logan for God's sake. I mean, that's the best thing about going to see five headliners too, is like, there's not going to be a point in the night where we're not controlling that entire room no. because we're all top heavy hitters. We're all, right. the, if anybody comes to that show expecting to heckle, like any of the Zaniacs want to show up expecting oh. to heckle, like you're going to get an earful back from every single one of us. Well, I tell you what, um, jokes on you happens at the listening room, which is a fantastic place to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you tell everybody when this is and how they, I mean, how does it work? Oh, it's October 3rd, 7.30 p.m. That's a Monday. We picked a Monday. You know why? Because, one, 
weekends are more expensive and two y'all can't make the excuse that you have something else to do because we don't you don't have anything to do on monday night except listen to us make you laugh all you can expect is this you've got five comedians with five amazingly unique hilarious perspectives on life um you're gonna laugh you're gonna learn some stuff you're gonna gasp a couple of times you're gonna see an experience that you haven't experienced before but the best part is like you're gonna have a really fun enjoyable time like none of us are we're not a comedian that's gonna like you know make dick jokes or like talk shit about the crowd the whole time like we're just gonna give you cool experiences and you're gonna leave being a better person because of it. wow that's saying a lot because i'd go yeah. with the, i'd go with the dick jokes and talking shit frankly but <laughs> you know i mean you've got more talent and you know what you're doing more than i do so i'm i'm kind of a low-hanging fruit idiot but, well you know there's a lot of low-hanging fruit idiots out there and we like to think that we're the counterbalance to that <laughs> it takes us all to have a big hodgepodge of fun in the community that's at least oh, yeah. what I, that's at least what I'm telling myself. That's what I keep trying to tell everybody. I'm like, just, let's just all just have fun together. And like, that's how we all unite as one as humans. Huh? Sure. I'll take it. How, what, what's the <laughs> best way to get the tickets? Listeningroom.com, listeningroomgr.com. Sorry. So you go over to that website. Also, there's an event on Facebook. It's called jokes on you live at the listening room. Um, the event link or the ticket link is in there as well. Um, so yeah, listeningroomgr.com. Go on the calendar. We should be like on the homepage, I think, or something like that. Go to October 3rd, buy your tickets. They're 25 bucks a piece. And remember, that's $25 to see five comedians who cost 25 bucks by ourselves normally. So we really, we got yelled at once for charging too little for our show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Double that. Double that thing, man. You know, we had a guy once in, when we did that show in Jackson, Michigan, the tickets were only $10 because Jackson, Michigan tends to be a lower income area. So we were trying to make it for everybody to come to. And I got into a really weird conversation on Reddit with a guy who was just like, if you guys are all so good, why is it only $10? And then he goes, I said to him, my response was straight up because we don't need to charge you more. And if somebody's charging you more then they're just ripping you off, then his next line was, well, I just, I paid $70 to see Bill Burr and I paid 60 bucks to see blah, blah, blah. And so I asked him, I said, you should ask yourself why they're charging that much. Then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's easier to just say, well, we're all millionaires. We, we're just doing this for fun. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is we're not millionaires. Those guys are millionaires and they're charging more than we are. Yeah. And you're mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's mad at a good deal? Like who's so mad? I don't like, know. You should be charging more for that. I'm mad. I will not come to this show. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, thank you, Mike. I appreciate you, and you're going to do great. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best. Coming up October 3rd, it'll be a lot of fun. Always a pleasure, Eric. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you. See you, bud. See ya.